0: Get ready for the award-winning number one sports podcast on our side of the river.
1: It's time for the Metro East Sports Podcast. From the front office Wealth Strategies Studio in Edwardsville, welcome to the Metro East Sports Podcast, talking all things sports in the Metro East. Season number four, show number 48, recorded Monday, January 15th. 2024. Happy MLK Day, everyone. I am David Leip, and tonight's show, like always, is a huge one. Guest number three is going to be the Mesby winners for 3A football team of the year. Care to guess who that's going to be,
2: Steve? Uh, I would say Edwardsville Tigers? 3A? Oh, 3A. Okay, 3A. It's got to be the Shells. Oh yeah, no kidding. Semi-final, yep. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Wade DeVries. Uh, yeah, Wade DeVries. That's the uh, second uh, furthest they've gone. Uh, eighty, was it eighty seven team? I think it was. Got second in state. Also, New, new Lenox, uh, Providence, a championship game.
1: He's gonna be here, and he's bringing with him James Herring, one of his star football players. Guest number two is Coach George Patrulak of the Edwardsville Tigers cross-country team here because he is the 3A Mesby winner for girls cross-country team of the year and he's bringing with him one of his stars Madison Poplar and guest number one you've already heard the dulcetory tones of Steve Porter he's in everybody's hall of fame how many hall of fames are you in Steve?
2: I have to think about that, Dave. If if as long as I'm in the Dave Dave Lype Hall of Fame, I'm happy.
1: Oh, you're the you've got your own wing in my Hall of Fame, <laughs> but are
2: you sure you want to be there? Yeah. Uh, if I got a, a soft chair, a nice table, huh. a TV, uh, that's that's all I need. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much and it. It's I, warm. I, I'm, I'm it's easy, warm but, in here. Well, thank goodness. It's I'm glad we're doing this inside, not outside.
1: Before we continue with talking about the weather with Dave Life, I want to thank our partners Cassins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans, Keller Williams Marquis, the Blasting Game Group, Integrity Spine and Joint Center, Front Office, Fiduciary Network, Oak Brook Golf Club, Viviano Heating and Air Conditioning, and Wang Gang Asian Eats. And three things you can do, please. Number one, subscribe to this podcast. Let it just get delivered to you. Every single time we drop a show, it's free. And you love it. Number two, follow us in all of our social media platforms on the X, Facebook, and, of course, Instagram. And if you have a story idea, email me, please, at mespdave at gmail.com. Put the subject in the subject line, please. That helps me out a lot. Got a great email today, a great suggestion from a gentleman from Muskoka, Jonathan Loden. And remember, you can nominate your favorite team for Integrity Spine and Joint Center Metro East team of the month could be a park and rec team could be a middle school team, a high school team, you name it to nominate a team for team of the month. Send your suggestion to you knew it. M-E-S-P Dave at gmail.com. Please put team of the month in the subject line. How'd I do, Steve?
2: You did good. You know, it's nice to be on a show with Wade and George I, I think I remember Wade playing quarterback for Mount Olive back in the day, long time ago for uh, Coach Debrino. You'll have to ask him about that. Quarterback at Mount Olive. I'm I'm not sure, but I think he did. And George, he's almost been around as long as you have, Dave. I mean, George has been a George has been a fixture
1: at well, Edwardsville. I remember when he was a young upstart. So what does that make <laughs> me? <laughs> right. I remember Jim Price before him. Oh yeah, Jim Price. Remember Jim? I remember Jim. Yep. How many years have you been covering Metro East sports?
2: Well, covering, I started 1971 uh, working at the Collinsville Herald. Before then, I worked at the school paper. You worked at the,
1: was that the old Herald? Yeah, the old. Uh, so it, what's now the the distillery was where
2: you went to work. Yes. In fact, I've been been there a few times. I've, I've looked for my seat, but it's, it's not there anymore. You should claim it. Well, I tell you what I did. I donated some stories I found when I worked there, and they're hanging on the wall in the one area there. At the old Herald. Was it that?
1: Was it that one? Who? Who? The photograph of the Lincoln Douglas debates. That did was you, it. Did you cover that
2: one? That was it. And uh, I asked a question to Mister Lincoln, and he said, "Are you sure you're a reporter?" And I said, "Honest Abe,
1: but I'm bum."
2: But the stories there on the wall at the Herald, there's there's one of Ken Oberfell hitting a home run for the Collinsville Kayhawks. There's one of Bob Bone uh, uh, leading Collinsville to a victory. And there's one story, Virgil Fletcher Jim dedicated. Hmm. Not dedicated, that's 50 years ago it was dedicated, 1972. So uh, it's nice to see that, and I'm good friends with Derek, and uh, he's going to put a sports bar in there, believe it or not. That's what I heard.
1: Yeah, I've heard uh, I've heard that and uh, fantastic place. The Old Herald. Love oh, it. yeah, we did a show there and uh, good stuff. OK, you are here today to talk about lots of stuff. I know that you're in retirement now. You're not officially writing like you did for so many years for the Alton Telegraph, but you, you've you still got your finger on the pulse and you're of this local sports scene and you're involved in a lot of projects. And one of the ones on which you spend the most time is the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame.
2: That's right, Dave. And uh, we have our Winter Enshrinement coming up on February 12th at the Gateway Convention Center in Collinsville. We have uh, nine individuals and a family going in. What's great about this one is they're all local people, they're all 618. Everybody's from Madison or St. Clair County. So we're hoping that there will be a great turnout. And uh, we've had it in the past at Gateway. Uh, ca- classic cars in O'Fallon, but we wanted to change it to go to Collinsville, and we think this is a great location, centrally located, a lot of room there. Uh, last year, our February one, uh, the Illinois enshrinement, we sold out. We had, uh, I think, we sold about 400 tickets. Uh, 400 people were there, and uh, some of the ones that went in, were, in fact, Tom Pyle went in, a couple of edwardsville baseball teams and i was fortunate enough to go in last year so um but this year we've got a great uh, great group and if you want i can go through the list
1: i i'm looking at it you go right ahead
2: okay first we have uh, roy lee uh going in posthumously roy was the baseball coach started the baseball program at siu edwardsville the field's name roy e lee field and bill lee his son bill was the uh uh, president of the Frontier League will be there to, to uh, accept the award and speak for him. Uh, Dwayne Stats, uh, Dwayne's from East Dalton. Uh, has been a major league broadcaster for I would say about fifty years with the Astros, Cubs, Yankees, and he's been with the Tampa Bay Rays since the Rays started uh, playing in the late nineties. We have the uh, so he's he's a baseball guy. We have the Weaver family from Granite City which is involved in hockey, and uh, they've been tied to the Blues and, and done a lot of thing, good things in hockey through the years. Dean Wren, who is a football coach at Belleville, successful coach, started the program there in the late 60s, also a good player at the University of Illinois. Lindsay Eversmeyer, who was an outstanding soccer player at Alton and uh, f- uh, the first female player to play in the MLS – and still involved in soccer a lot in the area, uh, with the uh, new St. Louis team.
1: She uh, has been on the show a couple times. Oh, Lindsay's a Lindsay Kennedy Eversmeyer. And,
2: yep, Lindsay Kennedy when she played at all. Yep, and she was a great athlete and uh, and and is a, you know one of the best soccer individuals and promoters around. She
1: played. Uh, she coaches now at Swick, and she is like the halftime or the sideline reporter. For the club in St. Louis.
2: That's correct. Yep. She's involved in soccer and, uh, you know, a big name, probably around here, one of the the most recognizable female uh, soccer uh, athletes around. We have, uh, going in posthumously, Les Miller from Belleville. Les pitched for the Detroit Tigers in the 40s. He pitched in the 45 World Series when the Tigers beat the Cubs. Sorry, Cub fans. Uh, uh, Les... Uh, ran a furniture store in Belleville, and the store's still going. Miller Furniture, it's almost 100 years old. And you know Les's bro, uh, son, Roger, who was a baseball, uh, basketball coach at Belleville West for a long time, and also a baseball coach. Mike Kelly, who's from Dupo. Mike is the voice of the Missouri Tigers in football, worked at KMOX. Uh, done a lot of things in radio and TV in the St. Louis area. Don Elser, who's an outstanding athlete in Belleville and St. Louis University. Her dad, Barney, uh, was a successful Legion coach at Belleville, won a few state championships. Steven Pfeiffer, a guy you know from Edwardsville, uh, probably the best long-distance track cross-country runner in this area next to Craig Virgin, winner of the Triple Crown in in racing and uh, running, which... For those of you who don't know, that's winning the uh, S- state cross country championship in the fall and coming back in the spring, winning the 1600 meters and the 3200 meters all within the same year. And he did that a senior year. And John Simmons, uh, John you may know is a lawyer from Alton, from the S- uh, Simmons law firm, but John has donated a lot and done a lot for sports in the area. The Simmons complex, uh, baseball complex at SIU. Uh, is named for him. John owned major league, uh, minor league teams in Savannah, Georgia, and the Southern Illinois Miners. He was a wrestling coach for 14 years and has donated a lot of uh, time, money, and effort to sports throughout the area. So we feel we have a, a, a great uh, group going in, a lot of diversity, a lot of different sports. And, uh, you know, if you're thinking of uh, going, uh, tickets are still available. I'm
1: going to call timeout right there. Okay. Stick around, and we're going to tell you how you can buy your tickets to the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. But first, it's freezing outside. I mean cold, and you need to stay warm. Viviano Heating and Air Conditioning is a family-owned and operated HVAC company that strives to provide quality heating and cooling services throughout the Metro East, including Edwardsville, Collinsville, Belleville, Troy, and O'Fallon. A proud train distributor, their technicians install and service all makes and models of equipment. Whether you're looking to maintain, repair, or replace, Viviano has you covered. For service you can trust, don't hesitate to call Viviano today at 618-345-7498 or visit them online at VivianoAir.com. It's hard to stop a train and if you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Metro East on the Illinois or the Missouri side, please give our partners at Keller Williams Marquis Jeb and Ginger Blassingame the chance to serve you. They've got offices in O'Fallon and Edwardsville with more than 165 agents. The Blassingames are a family-owned business that has helped over 11,000 families find just the right home. The lights are one of those families. Jeb and Ginger sold our house quickly because they're experts at staging and pricing and they helped us find the perfect home and they can do the same for you. No wonder they've been ranked in the top 10 real estate teams in North America. Give Jeb and Ginger Blassingame a call at 618-578-9276 or check them out online at BlassingameGroup.com. You will not be disappointed. And you will not be disappointed if you go to the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. And give us the date on that again, Steve.
2: Monday, February 12th, which I believe is, uh, is that Lincoln? That's Lincoln's birthday. Yeah, not Pre- President's Day is the 19th. So there's no reason you can't show up on Monday, February 12th. It'll start at 6 o'clock uh, with uh, buffet, 7 o'clock with the program. Tickets are $100 each or if you want to buy a VIP package for $1000, why wouldn't you? Oh, I I would if I if I had the money, of course. <laughs> but if but a VIP package for $1000 is you get you eight tickets for $800 and a full page ad in the program for $200. So you can buy a VIP package for $1000 or get individual tickets. So you have, you have ticket tables, sponsorship opportunities, program ads are available if you just want to buy ads separately. Uh, for additional information, you can contact Kent Marty, that's K-E-N-T-M-A-R-T-Y, at 314-497-3531, or the chairman of the committee, Tim Moore, that's M-O-O-R-E, at 618-558-4861.
1: And you can email Kent at kmarty m a r t y at s t l h o f dot com. That is correct. Shout out to Kent and his two awesome daughters, both of whom I had in class.
2: Great well, girls. Well, that's and and Kent's a great guy. Uh, he's uh, sort of picked up on the advertising part of this, doing a wonderful job for us. And Tim, our uh, uh, chairman, uh, is is our go to guy. He keeps his thing running smoothly. Like I said, last year, the Illinois one, the winter one, we sold out and we're hoping this one will be a sellout too. Got some great people. And I'm sure some of the names rang a bell with you there, Dave.
1: So explain the process here because I'm involved with the EHS Athletic Hall of Fame and ours is a film-driven induction ceremony. I think in yours, guests come up and they get interviewed.
2: Yes, the guests come up. They don't have to give a speech. Uh, members of the of the uh, committee mainly do the interviews. Like, for example, I'm going to do a couple of interviews, and they'll last five to ten minutes at the most and um, try to talk to the people going in beforehand. Just let them know what you want to talk about, keep them at ease, and just a few simple questions about whatever they want to talk about their career. And it's really gone smoothly that way, and the program um, – you know, it, it doesn't lag that way. You know, with the interviewers asking the questions, it just, uh, it's, a, it's a smooth running program. I think last year we started the program at a little after 7 o'clock and we were done a little after 9 o'clock. So two hours for 10 people, that's pretty good.
1: It's a cool concept. When did they start doing an Illinois version of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame?
2: Well, the the Hall of Fame started the Greg Marisek, who, who's – since the sea started, I think it was 2009. And after a few years, uh, it, was, it was St. Louis ma- driven mainly. And, and that's obvious because you have the Blues, the Cardinals, the Big Red, the Hawks. And it was difficult for a lot of people from Illinois to get in unless your name was, you know, Harry Gallatin, uh, Jason Isringhausen, Ed Hightower, something like that. So they decided to start an Illinois one, too, and it's taken off. I think it started maybe 2017 or 18 or so. And the, the Illinois one has basically been the winter enshrinement, and the Missouri one has basically been the September, and both of them have gone hand-in-hand hand and, and are doing well. The, the last one, the uh, Missouri one, we had St. Louis at the uh, MAC in September, had a big crowd and now we're coming back to Illinois. So um, I like the idea, and, and, you know, both sides of the river, and you have one over here and one in St. Louis, and it's sort of inclusive for Metro East people because uh, sometimes uh, people from this side of the river think maybe they get neglected a little bit in the St. Louis market. So this is a way to include a lot of Illinois people too.
1: I understand. I understand including them. My only question has been, if it's the Metro East Sports Hall of Fame, then why are you calling it the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame? It it should be the St. – I don't know. I'm not going to say it should be, but maybe the committee should consider Well, you
2: you could call – because Illinois is part – as far as we're concerned, Illinois is part of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. I mean – uh, technically, you could call it the Greater St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame because it includes uh, people as far away as Springfield or the Metro
1: uh, East, Metro East chapter of the St. Louis Sports Hall of you, Fame. You, I don't.
2: Yeah, you could do that, uh, but I, I think, uh, I, you know, myself going in last year, I feel included in the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame, even though I'm from Illinois, and I don't know anybody that has gone in from this area that thinks that oh, I'm not really part of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame because c- I'm from southwestern Illinois. Y- you are part of the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame because you're part of the St. Louis region. So it depends how you it. I get look at that.
1: It. I get that. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm suggesting that the language Metro East be included because the language for the Metro East isn't included. It's almost like, you know, I, I think it's a great concept. You know we're, we're 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 splitting hairs here. I'm just going to drop
2: it. Oh, well, that's okay. That's a good point. It's a valid point. People have brought that up, uh, and that's why we've sort of got away from Illinois and Missouri to call it uh, a winter and fall enshrinement. And who knows down the road, maybe the winter one will eventually include some people from St. Louis, and maybe the fall one eventually will include some people from Illinois, particularly if somebody says, well, I'd like to go in, I'm from Illinois, but I can't make it in February for whatever reason, but I could make it in September. So I could see that happening where some people from St. Louis would go in in the winter one and some people from Illinois would go in the fall one. But, you know, we've only been doing it for five or six years. Yeah, it's Illinois. a cool
1: concept. It's a cool concept. And uh, do you have your your inductees published online. Do you have a Do you have an online Hall of Fame that people yeah, can check out yes, who's been inducted?
2: Yes, you can go to the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame and you can read all the bios and uh, uh, check out the people that have been inducted. And through the ceremonies, especially you know last year and some previous years of people have been inducted and having complete bio of uh, of them and even sort of the proceedings from that night.
1: Was Pyle a character? Did you interview Pyle?
2: Thankfully, I didn't. Joe Pott didn't. He asked him one question. And what's that's your all, name? <laughs> and that's all Tom needed. And Tom was so funny. He didn't talk about himself. He said, you know, if you want to find out about me, just read what's in the program or what's read online. So Tom told stories about everybody else that was going in that night. And in my case, he told one about well, we were up at Rusty's one night. And there was a guy in there, and Tom says, Man, that looks like Isaac Curtis of the Cincinnati Bengals. You remember him as yeah, a wide receiver? Player? Yeah, wide receiver. And I said, Isaac Curtis and Edwards. He goes, Man, that looks like Isaac Curtis. And he went up to him and says, Are you Isaac Curtis? And he said, Yes. And he said, What are you doing in Edwardsville? He was dating somebody from Edwardsville at the time. And Tom went, Just, he you know how Tom gets and he's, Hey, Isaac Curtis was in Edwardsville. And I went up and talked to him, you know. <laughs> So you never know who you're going to who you that's a gonna story, meet story.
1: That's the story Tom Pyle told?
2: Yeah. Well, uh, 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 with me. That's of, of my story. But he told stories on all the other ones that went in, too. He had a story to tell on everybody. All right. I don't want you out of
1: here yet, but I want to talk about Oak Brook. Located northeast of Edwardsville, Oak Brook Golf Club is a family-owned, 27-hole public golf facility, and their goal is to offer the highest quality golf experience for a reasonable fee. Oak Brook is consistently recognized for awards such as Friendliest Staff, Best Course to Host a Fundraiser, and Best Senior Scramble in the Bi-State area. From fundraisers, to leagues, to instruction, to an afternoon out on the links by yourself or with your buds, the Brook wants to win your business. I've personally played and hosted multiple golf scrambles there, and I can attest, Mike Surrey and his staff are the best. To book your next tea time or to start organizing your next fundraising scramble, give them a call at 656 5600 or check them out online at OakbrookGC.com. Tell me what your tell me what stories intrigue you right now in the Metro. What are you looking at? Personally, I think
2: SIUE's big win. Oh, that, big, that was the biggest win they've had in a few years. Beating Moorhead State on Saturday, a team that was the number one scoring team in the conference. They held them to 48 points. I mean, SIUE scored only 61 and won the game by 13 points. That's maybe their biggest win uh, in OVC since they won a game at Belmont a couple of years ago. And siu has got some momentum going. They beat Southern Indiana at home. Lindenwood and SEMO on the road this week. I could see SIU putting together a winning streak and being a force in the OVC. But what it comes down to is the tournament. And people tend to forget what you did during the regular season. They remember what you did in the tournament. So I just hope they can finish in the top four, which I think they can. One and two get a double bye. Three and four get a single bye. But if you can win the tournament, you're going to the NCAA tournament. That's what people remember, and that's within their reach this year. Best team they've ever had. Best team they've had since you've been watching. Uh, no, the best team they had was uh, what I remember in the '80s. Larry Graham had a team it had guys like John Edwards, uh, Jappa, Ken Stanley, Frankie Williams, uh, Webster. I mean, that was a great team, but they were Division Two independent. Uh, They had some great individuals. Marty Simmons had a good team uh, in the 2000s that got to the lead eight in Division Two. But for Division One, this may be their best team, and uh, they're coming off a pretty good season. They got a great back court court with uh, Rashawn Taylor and DeMarco Minor. In fact, Minor, uh, who's a guard, is the team's leading rebounder, believe that or not, at six foot, and he's one of the top rebounders in the league. So this team has a chance to go a long way. How About high school, high school is really up for grabs. Uh, Collinsville won its own tournament and was going great, and has lost a couple conference games since. Uh, Edwardsville has been playing a lot better. Uh, to me, it looks like Collinsville and Quincy are the top going to be the top four A teams in the uh, around here in the regional. But Edwardsville and Granite City are hosting regionals, so Edwardsville could be a factor, and so could O'Fallon. East St. Louis is in 3A. Never counted East St. Louis. Centralia looks good in 3A. So, you know, we've got some good basketball around here. And girls, Alton girls uh, in 4A have only got one loss, one of the top-ranked teams in the state. They've got a chance to win it all this year. They lost in the sectional semi last year to O'Fallon who won it. So uh, Alton girls have a good chance to – Maybe have the best season they've ever had. A lot of good
1: girls wrestling going on in the area right now. A lot of strong boys wrestling going on. Ice hockey going on right now. Edwardsville is undefeated in the uh, ice hockey conference. Uh, wrestling uh, looks like Edwardsville's out in front in that on the girls' side. On the on the boys, have you had your eye on any on any wrestling? Have you seen any wrestling? Before? No, I haven't
2: had the chance to see any. Uh, I know Edwardsville's you know is really good and uh, you know the one thing edwardsville has is depth it usually uh, usually have a lot of depth compared to some of the other schools so that that makes a big difference in wrestling as it does in a sport like track
1: absolutely well steve i appreciate you coming in and talking about uh, talking about the local sports scene talking about the st louis sports hall of fame the illinois the the winter induction which includes illinois inductees and uh, good work with them. Who you, who are you interviewing? Can you uh, let us know?
2: I'll be interviewing Stephen Pfeiffer and John Simmons. And, awesome. you know, I, I covered Stephen all the way through high school uh, and uh, got a lot of stories to tell about him. I remember one year in the county meet, he won the 3,200. Well, he won about everything he ran. But he won the 3,200 meters, and he lapped every runner in the meet, which is very
1: unusual wrote a poem about running in uh in my class did he yep i had him for uh, contemporary live we wrote a lot of poems and he wrote a good good one in the uh, news channel one of them came out and was doing a news piece on him and they filmed him filmed him in my class reading the poem
2: that's wonderful yeah, yeah. it was good he he, he would have been a great nice basketball kid. player too i mean yeah uh, uh, mike waldo told me he would have started if he was stuck with basketball but i think track and uh Cross-country was Stephen's calling. Yeah,
1: I think so, too. I think things worked out for him well. Steve Porter, legendary sports icon. Thanks so much for coming by. Always a pleasure, Dave. We are going to chat with the 3A MESB winners for Girls Cross-Country Team of the Year. Coach George Patrulak with Madison Poplar in the studio. But first, Edwardsville has a bunch of great restaurants. But at the top of my list is Wang Gang Asian Eats. I've been a huge fan for years. Why? Their contemporary Asian menu is loaded with innovative takes on classic Asian flavors. Tasty appetizers like potstickers, choo-choo shrimp, and crab rangoon. Delicious entrees like their famous drunken noodle and the dragon poke bowl combined with their unique bar menu and world-class service makes Wang Gang a perfect destination for date night family night, or even Sunday brunch. But if Asian ain't your thing, pop into Chappie's right next door for the best burgers, fried chicken shakes, and the coldest beer on the planet. Located just west of Edwardsville High School, it's easy to find, and you'll be glad you checked out both places. By the way, all guests who appear on this podcast get a free shake at Chappie's. How about that, Coach? Sounds good. Welcome back to the show, Coach Patrulak. How you doing?
3: Hey, great to be here. How are you today, Mr. Light? Are you warm? Uh, Compared to outside, anything's warm, right? It is
1: freezing outside. Do you like to run outside when it's like this?
3: When I was younger, yes. Uh, As I get older, uh, this would definitely be a treadmill day.
1: Okay, welcome welcome back to the show, Madison Poplar. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Good Good to see you. The fantastic sophomore at EHS. Congratulations on another great year. Thank you. Must be winners you guys had a fantastic years fantastic year this year. what was the strength of your team I think I know but you tell me
3: well there's quite a few different things that I look at but this year more than anything I would say it was the bond of the team. Uh, the girls generally liked each other they fought for each other. It was probably the closest team that I've had in all my years as a as a head coach on the girl side so that was very exciting to see and i think that carried over to some of the big performances and i know Madison here is a big part of that team bond so
1: is that true? Girls mm-hmm. got along well this year?
3: Yeah, we all
4: get along very well.
1: Where does that come from? Just naturally you um, guys are friends or what?
4: I just think like over the summer like we do all of our runs together, like early morning runs and then we hang out during the day, so like over the summer like we build a bond.
1: And I think it matters in cross-country because if you like the girls you run with, you're more likely to show up and try hard. Is that true? Am I, am I seeing this wrong? Yeah. Because it's not like you got to pass the ball to each other, right? Like girls who don't get along on the basketball court aren't going to pass the ball to each other. But cross-country, there's no ball to pass. So what does it matter if we get along? I think it matters because you, you don't show up.
3: Well, no, I, it, people don't realize sometimes how many hours you spend throughout a season, uh, especially starting with the summer on your runs. Uh, most of these uh, girls are in such great shape. They're having conversations on the runs. Uh, sometimes they're even singing. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, you they sing they, on your runs. Yeah, we have to listen to music.
1: So you're all listening to music. Are yeah. you all listening to the same song at the same time? How do you do that?
4: Um, I either have, like, my phone speaker or, like, Ah. I just got, like, a speaker for Christmas that I, like, put on my back. Oh. Yeah.
1: So everybody sings along while you run. Mm Mm-hmm. Give me some some of the songs. Give me some of the, what were the top songs?
4: We like to listen to, like, Disney music. That's fun. And. Are
1: um, Are you serious?
4: Yeah, Disney music. It's really, it's really hype.
1: My girls listen to that, too. Tennis girls listen to that, too. Okay, what else?
4: um Taylor Swift yeah we do listen to some Taylor Swift I've heard of her all right coach
1: great great team again this year what's the secret to all the success you're having there in, with your program
3: well I think it comes down to the athletes I mean obviously we have really good coaching staff uh, coach Burmester has been a great addition to our program coach Keller did a great job for us this year uh, but I think it really helps when you have someone like Coach Burmester that is able to train with the girls, you know, fairly mm. really still young, not too far out of college, was a really good runner at SIUE. So she's able to do with the girls what Dustin used to be able to do for the boys. So I think it helps to have a talented, passionate coach being able to run with the, the top runners. But then it's that team bond that I think is more than anything the workouts we throw out, the expectations, those don't change. But the motivation, the passion, and the fighting for each other, that's what makes it unique.
1: Conference champions again this year. First at the regional, regional championship, Madison got fifth. Sectional uh, team sixth, Madison 14th, and state best finish in the history of your program, 11th place. Congratulations, and you were top 50. So
3: yeah, 46,
1: 46. So congratulations on a fantastic year on paper, but what would you remember?
3: Well, for me, it's, this was a great group of seniors as well. So, um, a lot of those athletes have been varsity for us for a long time. You know, you look at Maya Lucan, um, also, you know, Olivia Cole, Emma Patrick, those are, those are girls that have been varsity throughout. Um, but then also due to some injury and illness, Dylan Peel was there for, for a lot of it until, uh, we had a, you know, she wound up getting sick at the end. Uh, but still Margaret Patey, Belle Horsefall. it was just such a great group of seniors and several of them throughout their, uh, four years, had opportunities to run at state so that was probably the the biggest thing that we did have that group Um, but then it's also the excitement because we're also young too you know we're returning a lot of great runners like Madison and yeah Coach Shooty in here so you know what we're getting from Liberty and Lincoln and you know maybe a little sister is going to be part of this group Mm -hmm. next year so but yeah it's just great group and that senior senior leadership. It was a great group to have for four years.
1: Sounds like high times to be uh, to be running girls cross country at Edwardsville.
3: You know, I, I think it's a great time. I mean, what we have now, we had the leadership to pass it on. Uh, I think Madison is going to be a great leader for us next year as a, as a junior, but we have that young team that they get it. And that's the most important part. When you have people who can get it, buy in, and sell it, that's when, you know, the future is going to continue to be bright.
1: I think your role is going to change next year. I think uh, you didn't, going from a sophomore to a junior, you were the number one runner on the team this year. You finished the highest in all those races that mattered that I just saw, surrounded by a lot of good runners. But you're going to be one of the older kids next year, and it's not going to be quite the same. And I want to hear from you what you think that's going to be like. But first, thanks to partner Cassens Chrysler Dodge Jeep. And, dodge jeep and ram the number one place to purchase a vehicle in the metro east if you're in the market for a new or a pre-owned car check out cassons inventory in person where they've been for 25 years or online at cassons.com cassons has earned the highest ratings for customer service their expert staff is committed to making your car buying experience enjoyable including convenient on-site financing I purchased four vehicles there, and I will not buy a car or a truck or a minivan anyplace else. With over 90 years of experience in the Metro East, Cassens is the clear-cut leader for quality, service, and customer satisfaction. Go see Steve, Cliff, Holly, Greg, Bob, Mike, or Trent today. So you're going to be a leader next year. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for that different kind of role and different kind of place on the team because – Your spot on the team isn't going to change in the sense that you were at the top this year, but your status on the team is going to be a little bit different in that you're going to be an older girl. Yeah. Unknown caller. Sorry about that. Keep going.
4: Well, like, becoming an upperclassman, like the younger girls, the new incoming freshmen are going to, like, look up to the upperclassmen, so that's going to be, like, fun to experience, like, girls looking up to you.
1: And will you let her plan some of the workouts? If she planned the workouts, what would they look like? Would they be brutally tough, or would they just be kind of like, hey, let's run to the ice cream shop?
3: I I won't say she's going to plan the workouts, but she'll be the first person I go to to check in and see how she's feeling and thoughts on, do we need to cut things back or adjust? But one of the things I was most impressed about with Madison this year, and I'll, I'll let her hopefully expand upon this, Last year, she was like the silent person. I mean, I, I don't think she talked once during the summer. And she had Emily Nuttle to follow and was like the little duckling, try to do what Emily did and have somebody to go off of the, on races. This year, I think she had one of the most challenging things as a runner, and that's to go from a really good number two runner to having to be the leader. And she did a great job with that. I was just curious, uh, you know, if she wanted to expand how that process went because that's going to be a big part of what she's going to continue to have to do and carry the ducklings with her next year for us to hit our potential.
4: Yeah, running by yourself is just much different. Like last year, I had like people to train with, and this year it was just more workouts were like, like by myself. But I still had some of my teammates with me. But like last time, I would, last year, I would just follow like my older teammates around because I was a freshman and they would just lead the way and I would just follow. And so it was a bit different getting used to like keeping my own times for like workouts and everything.
1: Are you doing any training other than running for cross country? Don't um, you guys go to the pool once a week?
4: Yeah. Yeah. We go to the pool um, like once a week. Yeah. And it's, we like do a bunch of swimming and aqua jogging.
1: How has that been for you?
4: Um, I I really like swimming. I'm on like a swim team too, so oh. I swim quite a bit okay. in the summer as well. I go I'm on a swim team in the summer, so I swim in the mornings right after practice.
1: Awesome. Does yeah. that help? Do you think that helps you with your running?
4: Yeah, I think it, it helps with like just like relieving like your body in the water, so you're not like having all that pressure on your feet and everything. And then also like with the breathing, yeah, you just work up more
3: what endurance.
1: A, what a great opportunity you have. And that you've got a pool that you could take these kids to yeah. and train in once a week.
3: Well, and I want to do a big shout out to Coach Reddell because he gives us that opportunity to do that. So he's great at working with us. But this summer was the second time we've had, we offer one day a week. And I know um, we try to give the girls the option. But with our girls team being so small, we want to try to keep the wear and tear down a little bit. Uh, the other thing that we get to do and, you know, shout out for the cyclery and Dave Parks for this. Uh, they've donated bicycles to us and do maintenance for them. So we actually have six bicycles where we will rotate athletes, The athletes that tend to be more injured or have things going on. We'll make them do a mandatory bike day as well uh, or if the athletes ever feel like their legs are really heavy. So we try to do what we can. Uh, to not you know put push athletes over the edge and get a workout in but just still try to keep the legs fresh when possible
1: did you see an 11th place 11th place finish coming when this when this team started out this year did you have the feeling you know this is a really special group that could really stretch the expectations for this program
3: well I What we had coming back and some of the new freshmen we had coming in, I thought we were going to be as good, if not better. Ultimately, our our goal was to be top 10, and we were extremely close. Um, Just probably one performance away or just a couple places to be a top 10. So um, I'm just happy for this group that they are history, be a big part of history, um, but if, if Madison and the girls uh, take care of business and we have this season we're capable of next year, they are going to be history because I think next year uh, we're, we have a chance to, to be even better. So, um, you know, but it's great now that 11th place, that's, that's the, the bar. And, you know, if you're, if you're, you're going to beat that bar, get under that bar, that means you're a top-10 team, and ultimately that's where we all want to be.
1: Are you a different coach? When you have a different team? when you Because this team, like you said, next year is going to be really good. The team you had this year was really good. But not every team that you've had has been that achieving. Are you a different coach when you have different levels of team?
3: You know, you probably would have to ask the athletes that. If you ask my son, he'll say yes. He'll say that I was probably the biggest jerk to him and Watts Knowing and that, that. group. I've
1: never heard that. I've never heard that from, so, a, well, heard well, that from a kid.
3: Well, he'll, he'll say that was definitely, well, okay, he, he'll he he'll give dad comments that he won't say in front of the kids, but he would definitely say he felt like I was harder on them than I was this, for example, this current boys team. I'm usually not too rough on the girls. I don't know. Did, did you guys, you guys, they even get yelled at. That's like people were bringing up the uh, two years ago. I would probably have been before your time. Coach right?
1: Patrilak's not a yeller, is he?
4: Um, Not very often.
3: Yeah, but what's funny, though, is like with my son, he says I was so easy and laid back on the boys group this year, but this group of boys wound up, if you look at their performance at at the sectional meet, we had six runners. All seven of our runners were under 1538. I mean, that was history for our school, and if you ask my son, I was too easy on them, so you know, it just depends on on the athletes, but my big, I think I'm probably more laid back now than my first year coaching, because I think I had to deal with more behaviors. I think that the program is cut and expectations have been set, and that's why it's the leadership. So I'm not worried with Madison and the girls who are going to be leading next year.
1: Alright, Madison. You having a good winter? Did you run outside today in this nasty, nasty cold weather?
4: Um, no, I did not run today. I am taking like a 2 my. I'm on my weekend break. I don't run on the weekends.
1: Good for you. Keeps your body healthy? hmm Alright. Big goals for you personally for next year?
4: Um, I definitely want to place higher at state and then also we'll bring a team to state for sure. And then place higher at state individually and then um just drop my time drop my time a little faster
1: looking forward to track this spring yes I always ask the track cross-country kids are you a which one do you like better whichever one you're running or do you have a preference
4: um I think I like I like cross-country a little more but they're pretty even
1: okay where's her future
3: well, hopefully a couple, two miles this year and track. She's uh, not a big fan of that, but uh, hopefully she'll get a few opportunities. But she's going to have a great track season. And I know I just watch the girls a little bit more as a as a fan. Coach Burmester works with them through track. So um, I'll be excited for the opportunities. I do get to see them. But I do think she'll be a state qualifier, whether it's uh, part of a 4 by 8 or an open event. Uh, I do think she has a great opportunity to make it to state and track. And I think my expectations may be a little bit higher for cross country. I, I think she could be an all stater uh, next year. So I think that should you know be a goal for her right now. She's has a ninth fastest time in our school history. She's just one of nine uh, runners under the 18 minute mark, but I think she can be seventeen thirties next year. And, she will bring a team with her. Uh, I just, what, my question is how high can we finish? I, I do think they have, the, they have the expectation to be a top 10 team next year.
1: What's the key to make that happen?
3: Well, it, it's, it's going to be the, the leadership. Um, like I said, I don't think we change too much as coaches. I, I think it's just the, the culture. And I think Madison was a big part and enjoyed the culture we had this year. And she also, she and another person who's going to be important to us, a freshman this year, is Ella Thompson, uh, because those two um, are our bridges to the middle school. We do have three, we're losing those seniors, but we do have three very talented runners coming in. So uh, if we can get those runners to adjust to the high school, keep them fresh, keep them safe and you know, get that bond, I think we can do big things.
1: Madison Poplar, Coach George Patrulak, 3A MESPY winners, Girls Cross Country Team of the Year. Congratulations. Thanks for coming by. And that phone call I got was from District 7. I bet you that was the official we're on e-learning, but we'll see. Thanks for coming by, guys. All right. Thanks for having us. Coach Wade DeVries and James Herring of the Shells Football Program, 3A MESP winners are in the house, but first got to talk about Andy Callaway of Callaway Home Loans because he saves me money every month now, and he'll save my family thousands in the long run. How? He refinanced my existing mortgage, and he can do the same for you. Rates are all over the place, but you need to take advantage of an easy, fast, and affordable way to refinance. They do conventional FHA and VA loans, and... Ask for the MESP special. If you refi with Andy, he will donate $500 to the Metro East high school or junior high team of your choice. He'll give $500 to your football program, Coach. That sounds good. Would you like that? Absolutely. All you got to do, Shell fans, is refi with Andy. Terms and conditions apply, but give him a call at 618-830-3332. Save money and support your favorite team in the Metro East coach congratulations fantastic year thank you i appreciate it now you knew your team was good going into this year but were you thinking semifinals
0: uh you know i don't i don't think that nothing like that ever really crossed my mind i think that our goal is is really never changed throughout the course of the year it was kind of taking it day by day because you know on August 8th when you get started you can't go to the semifinals on August 8th or August 9th or August 10th but we felt like if we could stack really good days on top of each other that when we got to playing games that we'd be hard to beat and then you know you go through 9 and 0 and you know Salem we were down at half Breeze Central had us down after a couple possessions but we really didn't play a competitive game for the regular season uh outside of those two and so You know, you get into the playoffs, and then it's just luck of the draw, right? It's who do you draw, when do you draw them, and, you know, we end up running into kind of a buzzsaw with Mount Carmel in the semis, and I think they probably played their best game of the year. Uh,
1: Luck of the draw, but anybody who drew you wasn't happy.
0: No, you know, I mean... wanted to play you. Yeah, and I think it's styles, you know, stylistically, who you draw. You know, uh, if you look at our second-round game against St. Joe, that's a tough matchup for us, because... They're spread, they motion motioning, they're throwing the ball eight hundred times, and they're really good at it. Um, they were able to match us personnel-wise, where they didn't have to two platoon kids, so that's a tough matchup for us. And we were able to win, you know, last second we stopped them on a two-point conversion with seven seconds left to win by a point. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whereas in the quarterfinals, Olympia is a good matchup for us. They're under center, they're triple option, so our styles kind of so match up. So you want to play
1: somebody that plays like you?
0: Uh, I mean, I think that it just depends. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into the matchup piece of it, but St. Joe was a tough matchup for most teams throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, but Olympia was a better draw for us because I think that we feel more confident doing that. They didn't have probably the depth. They didn't. They weren't able to play 22 guys like we were, and so I think as the game went on, our tempo was able to wear them down a little bit. Really on both sides of the ball, you could see them slow down.
1: Let's bring the kid into the conversation. First of all, James, congratulations on 100 wins on the map, man. That's a that's a big deal.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Have you been? A, have you always been a wrestler and a football player?
5: Uh, yeah, I've been wrestling since second grade, and then I started f- football in fifth. So it's okay. been.
1: You play spring sport also.
5: Uh, I do not.
1: So you're pretty busy in the fall and the winter, though.
5: Yeah, I, I did track for two years, but that was about it. Okay,
1: what will you remember from this football season? Uh,
5: probably my touchdown.
1: Which you had one touchdown this I had, year.
5: I had one touchdown that coach gave to me after getting an interception and taking it all the way down to the one yard line.
1: Okay. Yeah. So this is kind of like a refrigerator Perry situation where you get down to the one and you give the, you you wanted to give the kid the ball.
0: Well, you know, we had it in, he had carried the ball a few times for us out of our little power. eye set that we put in there. We put him and then another one of our linebackers in front of Evan. And we were able to have a lot of success with it. Actually, we utilized it probably started at week four against Columbia. And then we would utilize it throughout the year as we needed it. But you know he had carried the ball at times, but had never carried it down by the goal line. And he got an interception. I don't even remember who we were playing. Was it Paris?
5: Uh, yeah, it was Paris.
0: Paris. So first round of the playoffs, and he got an interception. And I thought he was going to score. And he got tackled at the one yard line. So for me, it was a no brainer. We just called it, and he scored.
1: What did you do when you scored? How how, how did you celebrate? Cabbage patch? What?
5: At the time, I kind of was too tired to celebrate. So. Just-
0: the interception return really took it out of him on that yeah. one. I'm pretty sure, but I felt like if we handed the ball to someone else, we were probably going to score on the next play. So I wanted to make sure he got one shot at it.
1: Gotcha. By the way, Paris High School, what is their mascot?
0: Uh, Tigers, I think.
1: That's dumb. They should be the Frenchmen.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of options. <laughs> the got Eiffel Paris. Towers, yeah. Don't you think? There, there's a lot. Never been there, but anyway.
1: All right. How has wrestling helped you as a football player, and vice versa? Uh,
5: most of the time it just. Helps me with uh, like most uh, agility, agility is a big one, and basically like footwork, you know, learning how to keep your feet under you and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: What was it like coaching this kid for uh, four years? Yeah, yeah he's, for four, all four.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been there for four. I mean, he's had an interesting journey as a varsity player. You know, he started out kind of out of an, out of necessity playing center for us, even as a freshman. I think that was that COVID year. Mm-hmm. He played a couple game for a couple games at center, and then. Played center as a sophomore for us. Uh, Didn't really play as much on the defensive side, Uh, and then last year played D line outside linebacker. And we really, I mean, we knew that ultimately his his future was going to be on the defensive side. But as as when he was young, we needed him on offense. Uh, We had actually had some kids that could play defensively then, and you know he helped us a lot on offense. And then was able to move over to the other side of the ball. And this year was you know just leaps and bounds. I think you can see with James and a lot of kids, the progression mentally from junior to senior year. And it's, you know, that there's, there's there is an end. Like, it's coming to an end, and they know that. And so you can see it in the summer with our kids, with the, all the seniors that we had. And, you know, the mental aspect of the game and preparation and understanding, you know, offensively, we were pretty simple. Like, I would just yell a word, and then it told people what to do. But defensively, you know, James and Coach Martin, the D coordinator, there was a lot of conversation there about getting calls in and out and getting in and out of checks. And defensively, you know, on Friday night is is hard because you've got to you have to match what they do. You're not able to set the tone. You know, offensively, I can get into whatever formation, call whatever play I want, but defensively, and Coach Martin isn't gonna have time necessarily to get the check into James. James has to know it. So he's gotta know, and he was really good. That's probably the area where I saw him grow. More than anything, I mean, physically, you get better as you progress, as you train, as you wrestle, things like that. But I felt like the mental aspect of it and getting us in and out of the right defenses and the right blitzes and the wrong blitzes, more importantly, uh, he was able to really take huge steps forward this year.
1: Were you a quarterback at Mount Olive? I was. I was. Steve Porter was was in here talking about that earlier. He said you were pretty good.
0: No, that was my brother. Uh, <laughs> I was there before that, so my brother was good. Uh, my brother played on those teams and went semi, semi, quarterfinals. Okay. The really good Debrino teams. Oh, I played know. on the I played on the four and five teams.
1: Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> at least at
0: least you're honest about it. Oh yeah.
1: Describe the personality of this team that you had this year.
0: Uh, you know, I think that it was we were able to go in there, and you know, they really bought into this notion of on August eighth, we're going to work on getting better on August eighth because on August eighth we're not going to beat Jerseyville. Uh, we just got to work on getting better. And we went in there as a staff, I think, with a plan. Every day, we're hey, we're going to fo- we're going to work on this, this, and this. These are the things that we're going to get better at today. And they really bought into that and holding each other to a really high standard. You know, I think that's the key. And you know, we talked about it this year. You know, I I have. I guess I have standards, right? We have, I have expectations that I have for the players and that I have for the program, but we really, they've kind of created the, where it's just now the way that we practice, it's just the way that things are done. I guess they've created the standard now and it's, it's no longer necessarily driven by the coaches. It's driven by the players. And you know, this group of seniors is really the ones that got us to that point, And they started it you know, two years ago when they were 10 or 11 of these guys playing when they were sophomores uh, and kind of getting beat up on a little bit. And then, you know, as juniors, we were able to take a step. And now as seniors, you know, we we're able to take another step. This
1: is your, how many years have you been the head coach? Six. Sixth year. What was your worst record
0: Uh during we, that time? We were two and seven my first year. And we were two and seven when you were a sophomore. So yes. two years ago.
1: Okay. So you, you went back to back. Two win seasons.
0: Well, we went, so we went, my first year was two and seven. Then we made the playoffs. We went five and five. Then COVID hit. So the COVID year, gotcha. I honestly don't okay. even, I honestly don't even know what our record was, the COVID year. That was. It, it that, was three and three. Three and three. That, okay. that wasn't even real football, hardly. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, uh, and then we were, then we got into the Cahokia. So, so there is a, a little bit of, because actually uh, his sophomore year, when we were two and seven, if we were in a different league, you know, we could have been a playoff team, but gotcha. we—that was our first experience, really, getting to go line up against CM and Columbia and Freeburg and Salem and Breeze Central, night in and night out, and we were just outmanned. Uh, you know, physically, we just when you're these guys were really talented, but when you're sophomores and they're seniors, you, you just don't look the same.
1: Were people questioning you to your face, behind your back, in social media when you had those two and seven years?
0: Um, not any more than they do when we win, you know, I mean, when you do something, so we do things that are different. Like we, we, we don't condition, right? So that's probably the big one that I get a lot. We never condition. We never line up and run. It's a waste of time. And so we don't run. We sprint. Uh, you know, we sprint on game days. We do a lot of things that are outside of what I would say, or the, you know, we run a, a wing T offense that's under center. And so we do a lot. I, I, we get questioned a lot, whether we win or lose, you know, we got, I think, Paris was what 50 to zero or something like that at halftime. And, you know, all we heard about was how we struggled on defense because we were having trouble defending the pass. <laughs> I'm like, this is 50 to zero. I don't, 49, 50. I don't know what the yeah. number was, but it, it, cantankerous. It, it's, it's so, you know, you're going to get, I mean, that, that's, that's the job, right? That's my job is, you know, you're going to get questioned no matter what you do. We just do what we think is right. Um, any decision that we make or that I make, I explain to the kids, and I explain to them, you know, this is what we're going to do, and this is why we do it. They know why we don't condition, uh, you know, they know why we run the offense that we run, uh, you know, they they know those things, they understand them, and they believe in it.
1: Okay, so you don't condition in the sense that you don't line up and run
0: sprints, right? But your players work on their fitness. We just train. We train year round. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we have a strength and conditioning program. You know, we train year round with our kids, and and so many of our kids wrestle and play basketball and play baseball and run track and they're they're active year-round but we're able to lift and sprint and jump and do all of those things 12 months a year with coach hellman you know that's just our strength and conditioning program and and the kids have really bought into it and that's the difference between two and seven and twelve and one i guess
1: i was sure that people were going to be like calling you out on social media when you were two and seven and now that you're twelve and one and you're getting to the semi-finals they think you're the second coming.
0: Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. Um, They're still coming at you. Well, uh, not really. You know, most of the things are behind. I don't. I don't hear a lot of it. You know, I, I'm not real active on uh, social media. I guess. Well, I mean, I'm active in the sense of like promoting Roxana football. But you can
1: feel it. Uh, yeah, you I can just don't, feel it. Yeah, you it.
0: have to have some thick skin though, right? You can't let it bother you. Things like that. Actually, I would say the worst was probably his junior year. Uh, we lost a couple heartbreakers, man. We lost a really tough one to Redbud with some. You know, we, we fumbled the ball six times, five five turned the ball over five times and got beat. Turn the ball over five times, you're going to lose. Red Bud's a, D, a good team. They're a good 2 a school. But, you know, you can't turn the ball over and win. And then we went to Columbia, and Columbia returned a punt for a touchdown. There was all kinds of stuff. You know, there's Facebook, Fire, Coach DeVries, Facebook groups and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it, it's a testament really to these kids because that stuff doesn't bother me, right? I mean, but these kids were able to continue to buy in and continue to get better and that was really, I felt like his junior year when we went to Wood River and we won at Wood River because they were really good and we won at Wood River that year. That's what, Turned it for us, and then we went and we played Hillsboro, and we were able to win a close one at Hillsboro.
1: And that was the game when you warmed up at your place and showed up just minutes before the coin toss. We did genius. We did well. It it, it when it worked you worked out
0: when you win and you're a genius, right? If you lose that, if Wood River beats us forty two to seven, I don't look nearly as smart. We right. don't look
1: or nearly jump as smart. Out some big lead because <laughs> <laughs> the perception is you're not ready. Yeah. Then, then oh, then we were
0: ready that fire. game. We came out. We were ready to roll.
1: Okay. So here's what I think. I think you're going to be questioned less uh you could yeah maybe now that you've won you're going to be questioned less I yeah think. you
0: know and I think that it's about maintaining consistency and that's where we are now you know these guys were able to get us to the point where we want to be and, and now it's about maintaining that consistency with the guys that are coming back you know we have to continue to train as hard or harder because now we're not the we're not little old Roxana in the conference anymore now we've got the target you know Breeze Central's got us circled now and they're going to come they're going to come ready to play us. Jerseyville's got us circled. See, you know, everyone has us circled. They want to beat us because you know, we won. We were, we, won, we were undefeated last year in the, in the regular season. So all these teams now have us circled and I think that, you know, our kids coming back have to continue to train at that level that's going to allow us to continue to to build on the success, not just be complacent with it. So
1: now what do you tell them? Hey, they're coming for you.
0: They are, you're yeah. The it's team it's to beat. you know, and we talk about pressure a lot. Uh, we, we talk about this a lot with our kids. You know, pressure is a privilege. If there's no, you know, when you're two and seven, not a lot of pressure. We went in there his his sophomore year. We almost Bree Central was a four A quarterfinal team that year, and we almost beat them. We had them beat, and they were. I mean, they were they were just too good for us. They had too many really good players, and but we had them beat that year. We scored. I think they beat us forty two thirty five or something like that at our place, and we had them we had them done that year but we weren't able to finish that game and i felt like then their junior years where we were able to really finish those games and you could see it like you could see how playing as sophomores and that experience translated with these guys and i think a team that goes through adversity together right i mean the redbud game hurt all of us you know evan and terrell each fumbled three two or three times each that game hurt those two and they you could tell like they take that stuff personally because they don't want to they don't want James James plays a great game defensively but we end up losing the game because the offense can't score the offense turns the ball over you don't want that and so i felt like they started really taking pride in doing all of the little things right so because you don't want to let your teammates down right you want to you want to have success for the guys around you as much as you do your own self
1: describe the reaction to the success. Describe the fans, the number of people at the games, the social media, all of it. What do you remember about that last home game that you guys hosted? James, start with you.
5: Uh, even though we lost. Yes. It it was still pretty cool to see, you know, our, our small little town all coming out just to support us every single time, you know. Not like some kids on our team, they don't get that love of support every day, you know. Having the team having this town come out and give that love and support, you know, it really helps us through the season.
1: Galvanizing. I wonder if that was the biggest crowd in the history of Roxana football.
0: I think they said it was. I, I don't know how many people were there. I think it was it had to be three thousand ish. Uh, I mean it was I've coached in a lot of you know, I've coached at seven A schools down to one A schools, and it was it was the best home crowd that I've ever experienced as a coach. It was just, it was unbelievable. It was so cool to go out there and to see it. And you could just, it just felt different. You know, when you look at the south end zone down by the refinery and they put up a couple sets of bleachers because we knew we were going to have a lot of people, but there had to be 500 people standing in the south end zone. And normally it's empty. So for a home game, they don't normally let people stand down there. And it was, it was just packed. It was it was really cool. It was a cool experience for these guys, you know. And I, you know, we didn't get the, we didn't get the job done. I think that going up and playing at ISU was ultimately the goal, you know. We talked about that this year as well was, you know, I believe in setting lofty goals. I don't believe in saying, "Well, I think we might be able to make the playoffs." You know, we knew that we were going to be pretty hard to beat. And so we felt like the playoffs were kind of a foregone conclusion, but you know, they set the goal of winning a state championship. And anything short of that was going to be a disappointment. And I told him after the Mount Carmel game, I said, you will look back and smile. Just today's not that day. And I can look back on it and smile now. And I think James and all his teammates can as well. Um, But, you know, that day was hard because you don't want to lose. We hadn't lost yet together.
1: Reaction walking around Roxanne, or are people asking for your autographs Talking about statues outside the Charlie Rage Field, or anything like that? No, not me. No, that's not me. Not that's yet. It.
0: No, no, not not ever for me. No, they're still
1: asking why why we don't train, why they, we don't run. They
0: they want to know. No, listen. There's been the the you can look back on the coaches that have gone through from Coach Rage to Coach Smith. I mean, and you can stop there, and you do know, talk about Roxanne royalty in football. You know, and then wrestling has their own and you know, all the, every sport kind of has their own, but you know, really it begins and ends with coach rage and coach Smith and coach Smith being able to be around and still be a part of it is really cool. I think to kind of tie it all back in together. So at the Mount Carmel game, the 87 team got, I mean, there had to be 30 of them there. Probably, um,
5: yeah. I'd say 30. Yeah. 35. So 30
0: of those guys came back for that game and they were the honorary captains, Charlie Brown, who caught the, he's the only person to score a touchdown, a state championship game for Roxana. Um, He was there. And so he was the captain. And then all these guys were there. And he's Charlie, you know, taught at Roxana for a little bit. So I knew him. And he said before the game, he goes, There's guys I haven't talked to in over 30 years. He goes, And now we're all back on a text message. Like just seeing it bring the community back together, I think is really cool.
1: That is cool. Do they have a Hall of Fame at Roxana? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they do. It's really, I mean, if you look through the list, it's, you know, it's Coach Milazzo from uh, Coach, I guess, Coach Milazzo now's dad. And, yeah. you know, it's it's Coach Smith and it's Coach Rache. And it's, you know, I mean, the history of coaches is, is pretty outstanding there. Are you expecting
1: increased numbers for tryouts next year?
0: Uh, I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, we had a meeting and it was about the same. You know, we have a couple extras every year that come in and then usually a couple that go out. I think that retention-wise will be pretty good. I think when you have that much success. And, you know, our JV team, I think, went seven and one six and one so our, we were pretty good at both levels and uh, you know i think retention wise will be in pretty good shape um, i think we'll have a few more that come out but you know i've said since really probably since james's sophomore years when this thing started and it was you know I, i'm it's it's a miracle right like i'm not looking for just the best players i'm looking for the right players and i felt like this year we were in a really unique position because our best players were also the right players and when you have that combination you have an opportunity to be, have a special season.
1: Was this your best year of coaching?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. i have been to the semis as an assistant coach one time at Champaign Central.
1: But what did you do better this year than you have in years past?
0: Uh, I probably trust... I, I'm getting better at trusting other people to do things. So, for example, like when we go defensively, um, I'm basically the assistant defensive line coach when they go defensive practice i don't plan it i have i don't even know he has calls and schemes and stuff i don't even know what it is but I, you used to i used to be way more involved in it and i felt like i was always involved in everything so special teams wise there's there's games where we go and i look at the score and it's you know 15 to 0 instead of 4 and i'm like what happened and they're like yeah we went for 2. two oh my god i have no clue i if i want to go for two i'll call it um, but honestly, Coach Ogle runs all the special teams, and I don't really... I, I, he does it all. He handles it all. Coach Martin handles all the defense. Coach Hellman handles all the training. Uh, coach Every coach kind of handles their part of it, and you know my part of it is calling the offense and coaching the offensive line, and you know I handle my part just like everybody else handles their part, and I felt like that's an area that I've been better at, been able to kind of give things up, and, and when they need help, I help. I run drills. I do a lot of that kind of stuff, um, but then you know, I think getting outside of your outside of my comfort zone a little bit offensively, uh, we went tempo this year and I, we went fast and we went fast, 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 and that was our number one priority. You know, I met with Derek Leonard from Rochester and he went through it all with me and how they do it and you know they've won what nine state titles or something now, so I don't know that we're quite there, but he uh, he, I mean, what they do is so impressive that I was like, okay, if we're gonna do this though, we're gonna do it. And we're going to go all in on it. We're not going to just kind of do it. And we we definitely went all in on it. And, and it paid dividends for us. I think we were able to wear some teams down. Any chance
1: you play that pace next year?
0: 100%. I don't know that I'll ever go away from it. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that you know, when you graduate 17 seniors, I think that one of the immediate questions is depth, right? Like, how are you going to come up with 22 guys to start? Because you start looking at, you know, at a school our size, you can usually look at numbers 1 through 17 and feel pretty good. But when you get 18 to 22 and then you've got to have others, right? So you've got to have 25, 26, you know, you start dipping into some sophomores who you don't think are probably ready yet. But what we found is that sophomores who might not be quite ready, that are a hundred percent fresh and healthy, uh, tend to perform better than a senior trying to play both ways, the whole game who's only running, who's running on fumes. And so that's kind of the, the philosophy that we've taken. Um, and I think it's helped us out this year. I think it was. I think it was a big advantage for us this year. You know, even Breeze Central scored. They got the ball, scored. We got the ball, scored. They got the ball, scored again. We missed a stinking extra point or something. So we were down fifteen to six, and our kids are like, "It's okay, we'll be fine," because they knew Breeze Central had probably four to five kids going both ways, and you just teams have a hard time running with us for four quarters.
1: So, if you're going to play that kind of tempo, you need to try to have
0: kids who go one way. And that's what we do. I mean, we have 100%. You know, Evan started on both sides, but really we had a sophomore. Evan probably played half the time, I would guess, on defense. Yeah. And so, um, you know, other than that, and, you know, everybody has little packages, little wrinkles that go in, right? Like James and, and our other Nick Newton would come in and they would run fullback when we went with our eye formation stuff. But, you know, we're able to put some wrinkles in for these guys, but. We're able to utilize it when we want. So if the defense is out there for a, for a 12-play drive, well, I'm not going to go eye on the next series because these guys are going to need a break. But they go out there and get a turnover or they get a three and out, man, we're going to get into it and we're going to go because him and Nick are fresh then. They feel good and they're ready to play. And you know we were able to, to I think, beat some teams up with it a little bit. They were pretty physical out of that set.
1: All-State Honorable Mention team member James Herring. What's the uh, next step for you after Roxana High School this year? Um, Have you decided?
5: Yes, I will be going into work for Boeing.
1: You're going to work? What are you going to do?
5: Uh, I'll be working with composite metals, making like just outside of pl- airplanes and stuff, like for wings and stuff like that.
1: Awesome. Right into the working world. Good for you. Congra- mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. What are you going to miss about playing sports at RHS?
5: I mean, honestly, it'll just be doing it because I mean, it's always going to stay in my life. Like I plan on coaching, wrestling, and football if I if I'm able to, and hopefully come back to Roxana sooner or later. But I mean, that'll be the only only thing I'll miss is being on the field, like in gameplay.
1: All right,
0: and he's actually got a pretty good. In he talks about working at Boeing. When do you start?
5: I I should start. I start training. March 21st. Yeah, so he's
0: starting during school. They've got him and another student for us have, they're starting like almost an internship type work study thing during the school year. It's, it was really good. They both tested into it, and so it was it was really, I'm happy for you and Donovan, both of them. It, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's
1: fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, And would this kid be a good coach?
0: Uh, yeah, probably. I, I mean, he loves it. You know what I mean? He's, he's respected, and I think that there's a lot of that that goes into it. You know what I mean? You have to and, and coaching is coaching is a whole different world than than playing in it, um, you know. It, but I think that if it's something, I think if so, coaching is something that you want to do, like I knew that I loved sports, so I went and I try. I started working in like sports business, and that turned into sales, which turns out I'm terrible at. I hated it, so that's why I went back to teach because I was like, okay, I have to work in sports. I st- I had started helping coach, and. I went back to teach because it was the the next progression. So that's why I ended up becoming a teacher because I needed, I wanted to be in sports. And when you're not able to play, like I can, you can play a little bit, but you're not really able to play. It's not like, especially football and wrestling. Those aren't just sports that you pick up and go play a pickup game of. No. So, you know, I mean, you start to miss it. And, and then if you want to get into coaching, I think that you just find somebody and you just jump in and get started. You know, you start work, he'll start working and he'll be able to get the schedule down, get an idea of what that looks like and feels like. And then, I think he'll have opportunities for sure.
1: I think you're still a salesman. Me? I think you're selling these kids on doing the workout, whatever it is, working hard in practice, buying into your philosophy, believing they can win. You're selling something every single day at practice.
0: Well, I think you're always selling, right? And you know, I mean, I think that we're always we're always selling something. I think that you sell the program. You know, I think, but I think that that's it's. I guess I shouldn't. I hated say I hated selling tickets and, and sponsorships and right. things like that because at the end of the day, I I wanted to be successful, but I really didn't care that much if they said no. I was like, eh, it happens. But if something bad happens with Roxanne football, now I feel personally responsible for it because I'm responsible for you know all the guys underneath me, all the coaches underneath me, all the the players underneath me, the community that's su- that supported us. I mean, again, we talked about that last game. I mean, there were. Three thousand, however many thousand people there. You know, even Coach. I talked to Coach Pickering at one of our things, and he said I can't remember if he said he went or if he watched it. It was one or the other, but I had never met him before. But you know, he was talking about following us, and it's it's cool to meet other coaches and different people from the area. It wasn't you know the community of Roxana Wood, but it was all the surrounding communities. I mean, there were there were so many people there. It was awesome.
1: I saw a lot of love on social media from Wood River,
0: Wood River, people. Bethalto. I thought that was kind of cool because yeah.
1: that to me was is always like the. That's your number one rival, but that they stood behind you. I thought I thought that was kind of nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. They, no, I mean they, we got nothing but support from you know from a, anyone in the area that I had talked to or seen anything from. They were they were incredibly supportive, which was great.
1: Anything else you want to say about this team this year?
0: No, I mean I think it's special. You know, I, it's it's something that I'll never forget. I think the kids had an experience that they'll never forget, um, and, and I think that you know I talked I've mentioned it briefly before, but I think that it's okay to set. Incredibly lofty goals and fail. I think that that's more valuable than setting mediocre goals and always achieving them, because uh, I think that you can learn something through that. And I think I know I learned something. And I hope these guys did too. That you know, they set the goals, and that's the one thing that we've talked about from as a, from a coaching perspective is I can't be in charge of saying, oh, I think we're going to win this many games this year and we'll go this far in the... I have no idea. But, you know, these guys set the goal and then it's a matter of us guiding them in the direction that we believe is necessary to attain that goal that they set. And we are able to... We use it. You know, we posted their goals on the wall and we referenced it daily when we started the season. I said, if we want to achieve that, then what does practice need to look like on August 12th? You know, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be crisp. You know, you can't go out there and have sloppy practices if you want to be a state champion. You got to go out there and practice like a state champion not like a 5-4 and four team that's going to try to make the playoffs.
1: Well said. Coach Wade DeVries, 3A MESB winner, and James Herring, co Mesby winner for player of the year along with your spectacular player, Evan Wells. Guys, congratulations. Thanks so much for coming by.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you all for listening to the show, and huge thanks to guests, Steve Porter, Coach Lack, Madison Poplar, Wade DeVries, James Herring, and for partners, Cassins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, Callaway Home Loans, Keller Williams, Marquis, the Blasting Game Group, Integrity Spine and Joint Center, Front Office, Fiduciary Network, Oakbrook Golf Club, Viviano Heating and Air Conditioning, and Wang Gang Asian Eats. And for associate producer, Keaton Anderson, thank you for listening to the Metro Esports Podcast. We're talking all things sports in the Metro East.